Sports Grid News Update. The NBA, Adam Silver, and the Los Angeles Lakers and Clippers have all agreed that Tuesday night's game between those two foes will not take place in honor of Kobe Bryant and the other eight people who have died in a helicopter crash Sunday morning in Calabasas, California. The game will be made up at a later date. News out of the NFL as we look ahead towards the Super Bowl on Sunday. San Francisco tight end George Kittle revealed on a podcast that he's been playing with a torn labor in his right shoulder since 2018. According to Kittle, the injury occurred in a 2018 preseason game. And on Monday, the Cincinnati Reds signed outfielder Nick Castellanos to a four-year, $64 million contract with a $20 million player option for 2024. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Stay tuned at the top of every hour for your latest news updates. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Good morning. Wake up! The morning line. Line up, ladies! All right, welcome in uh, on this Tuesday. It is January the 28th. It is 2020. I'm Joe Ranieri, and it is The Morning Line. want to welcome you guys in. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. As we get ready, T-minus, uh, I don't know, five days or so uh, away from the big game, the Super Bowl, as the craziness has uh, begun in my neck of the woods here in Miami. Uh, Marlins Park yesterday, in fact, was the uh, location for media craziness, and uh, it was crazy as for the very first time, we actually had an opportunity to see uh, both of the teams together, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. They all converged uh, on the stage. We got uh, some Patrick Mahomes. We got some Jimmy Garoppolo. We got... Jolly old uh, Andy Reid there in his Tommy Bahama Hawaii shirt uh, walking around. It was uh, all the characters, the cast of characters uh, that are going to be on uh, in center stage, really, come Sunday. Uh, George Kittle making a lasting impression. We'll let you hear from him. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and the list goes on as uh, as we get ready. Next couple of days will be uh, will be about parties, will be about media, will be about getting ready for this one final game of the 2019 season, a game in which the line continues to hover right around one point for Kansas City. But the estimates are rolling in, and it is going to be, in all likelihood, the single most bet sports events this country has ever seen in sports book history around the country. Of course, uh, last year there were a couple of states, uh, including uh, New Jersey. I believe Pennsylvania had just gotten, uh, had just uh, implemented their uh, their sports books, and so they didn't have a didn't have a lot of time in order to be able to. I don't think mobile betting was in place yet, so there wasn't an awful lot of time for some places uh, to be able to go ahead and take uh, take some bets uh, on the Super Bowl last year with the New England Patriots and the Rams. But uh, different story this year as many, many more states, 20 in total, in fact, uh, are up, are running, are ready to go. And the handle this year is anticipated to be 
upwards of $300 million uh, around the sports books around the country here. So it is uh, it is off and running. Uh, many think it's uh, it's going to be even way bigger than that, given the fact that last year alone, uh, we had close to $200 million in handle, and that was predominantly Nevada, and Nevada only. Uh, meanwhile, you sprinkle in about $50 million around with the rest of the states that had legalized sports betting then. Uh, this is a different ball game uh, this year, so it'll be fun to see when the tally is done exactly just how much love did the Super Bowl get here this year, and I do think the numbers are going to be absolutely off the charts. Now, we do have uh, some NFL news outside of the big game that we will get to as uh, a changing of the guard is going to be taking place out west. But uh, we still do have uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, his family, as well as the uh, the families of the victims uh, in that horrific helicopter crash on Sunday on our mind, as does the NBA. Uh, as does the uh, the Lakers, uh, obviously, um, the death of Kobe Bryant uh, continues to shock as people continue to mourn even outside the Staples Center uh, today and this morning. Uh, it was uh, we learned last night that the Lakers and the Clippers who were scheduled to have a game tonight at the Staples Center, they went ahead and canceled it. It appears that the Lakers organization had reached out to the uh, to the Clippers, had reached out actually to the uh, to the NBA, uh, to the league offices, and had asked if it would be possible if they could make this game up somewhere down the road here. And I doubt it'll be very difficult to do since they both are in the same building. So I'm sure they'll be able to work something out. Uh, but the truth is that you know Kobe Bryant wasn't just a 20-year NBA player; he was a 20-year employee of the Los Angeles Lakers and there are uh, there are a lot of people in the uh, in the Lakers offices there the business offices front offices sales I mean you name it it's not just Laker fans it's not just the Lakers team we are talking about many many people in that building uh, that know and uh, and grew up with and worked with him for 20 some odd years in that building who um, are having a really hard time. Uh, and that's what we're being told is that the uh, grief counselors uh, have been uh, in the building, continue to be in the building as many people, not just the players and the folks on the court, but those that are in the front offices and uh, the rest of the employees of the Lakers organization. They've known Kobe since he's 17 years old, some of them, and uh, they're having a hard time coping. So, uh, Jeannie Buss and company called the league office. Uh, Adam Silver and them uh, reached out to the Clippers and asked if it would be all right. Uh, would you mind if we went ahead and uh, tried to reschedule this at a later date? I doubt very much it's going to be uh, that long down the road. I'm sure they'll be able to figure something out. And uh, the uh, the Clippers absolutely said, uh, okay. So that is where we find ourselves with the cancellation tonight of the Clippers and the Lakers game. Um, it's uh, it's apparently been a, uh, a rough go of it uh, there, not only out in front of the Staples Center, but those inside the Staples Center who work uh, with the Lakers organization. Uh, no word yet on, and that's the other problem that the Lakers are having right now, is they are trying to be very mindful of 
how they are going to go about and honor Kobe Bryant uh, and Gigi. Um, and they want, obviously, Vanessa and the rest of the family to be involved in those discussions, but it is just far too soon uh, to be able to uh, even have those discussions or go there yet, according to Laker officials, um, that they are um, there are internal discussions about what they want to do, but nothing will be decided until uh, Kobe's uh, wife and the family have an opportunity to uh, to grieve and can be a part of those discussions on how exactly they will go ahead and honor Kobe moving forward. We'll have more on that, including LeBron James. Is, uh, he's finally spoke out about the death of Kobe Bryant. We'll let you see it. We'll let you hear it. We'll let you read it. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. It is the morning line as we look to get you caught up with everything that happened overnight uh, in the world of sports investing and sports wagering. Plus, we'll take a look ahead uh, tonight. Uh, huge, uh, huge card in uh, in college hoops as, uh, as we continue the march to madness there in a uh, just little over a month or so. Not to mention uh, the NBA continues uh, to grieve and Uh, tries to move forward one day at a time here with the passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, Certainly the Lakers organization doing their best job to uh, to try and uh, to try and figure out how to cope with it all. And uh, they did go ahead and cancel the Clippers game that was scheduled tonight at the Staples Center. No word on when that game will be rescheduled. Clippers were on the same page. The Lakers organization uh, reached out to the league and asked if that would be possible. The league uh, contacted the Clippers, and uh, everybody was on the uh, this same page. So uh, as grief counselors continue uh, to be present at the Staples Center, and again, not just for the players and for the coaches, but certainly for a uh, 20-year employee that Kobe Bryant was, many of the same people that – Uh, were there uh, for his tenure, are still there in the offices throughout the Staples Center and knew Kobe on a a personal level. And uh, they, too, are having a a very difficult time with this. Uh, And we start to learn a little bit more about the events that led up to that tragic helicopter crash and uh, a lot more questions, unfortunately, than answers at this point. As they, uh, as the NTSB, the FBI, and other officials continue to try to work through the wreckage to uh, try and piece it all together, and what we are learning, however, is that uh, some interesting information regarding uh, Kobe and Vanessa, his wife, and Kobe had made the decision uh, years ago that he was trying very hard to balance. His basketball playing, his working out, his his 
everything on the court with his family life. And the one thing uh, that he did not want to do was waste time in traffic uh, away from his family while he was having to go and do things like play games and go and work out and have to go to the Staples Center and uh, and travel. Uh, he very much wanted the ability to avoid all of that. And he uh, his concept was the more time that I spend in a car, the more time that I spend in traffic is less time that I'm spending uh, with my girls and with my family. And that meant very, very much to him. So uh, Alex Rodriguez, and in, uh, in fact, had uh, made the comment that he told him there it was just it was an easy decision that uh, the helicopter got him where he needed to be in 15 minutes, and uh, also more importantly, back home with his family in 15 minutes, and that is uh, that is exactly um, what he wanted more than anything else. He wanted uh, to focus on family time when he wasn't playing. And, of course, with L.A. traffic and California traffic, that he would have spent uh, hours on the road, unfortunately, and not home. And that's not what he wanted to do. It meant that much to him. He also, we learned today, made a pact um, with his wife, Vanessa. And that pact was that he and her were to never travel together on the helicopter that they would never simultaneously at the same time be on the uh, on the helicopter together. Now, obviously, the wisdom in that decision uh, meant that she wasn't involved in this uh, in this horrific crash on Sunday. And uh, Kobe uh, had uh, had made it known, in fact, that that was the agreement with uh, with Vanessa, that when he was on there, she wasn't and vice versa, that if she had to take it anywhere, um, that uh, that he would not be on it. So he did not want her traveling, the both of them together on a helicopter. And uh, the wisdom in that, of course, uh, proving to be why she was not in that accident. So uh, more and more, of course, on the flight path now, too, which is coming into question while many of us are trying to make heads or tails of what was going on that day. We did learn a little bit about the uh, about how it all started on such a foggy day. And, and we know we, uh, we you've heard the stories about how the local authorities had made it very clear that uh, they were grounding their uh, air personnel uh, because of the unbelievable fog that was in the area, the dense fog. They didn't want anybody up in the air. And we're trying to figure out, well, how is it that that Kobe and this uh, pilot who, you know, were trying to get to a basketball game, uh, get to this basketball tournament, uh, how did they go ahead and do it? And the uh, we have learned that the pilot did receive clearance to fly in this weather, in that weather uh, prior to the crash. Uh, he received special clearance to continue through that controlled airspace uh, over the mountains there as he was trying to get to, uh, you know, trying to get to Calabasas there and be able to play in that tournament with everybody on board. He was uh, following Highway 101, uh, it appears, along that route in order to be able to get to their destination when all of a sudden uh, you could hear in the communication with the Burbank uh, air traffic controllers that they continued. He was hovering around and going in circles and the air traffic controllers were in contact saying, 
you are way too close to the ground here that uh, you need to you need to pull up. There's, you know, you couldn't they couldn't see exactly what was going on, but they could see that he was flying solo to the ground. That it was possible that he was actually not even on the radar. He was falling off the radar. Uh, they did say, of course, he circled for 12 minutes. Uh, he uh, over the, uh, I believe, the zoo uh, in that area there. He just continued to circle over, kept flying lower and lower. He then all of a sudden made a move that brought him from uh, from 1,200 feet to uh, to 2,000 feet. And then just moments after that is where they uh, they ended up crashing into the uh, side of the mountain. Now they're saying. Uh, when he did crash into the side of the mountain, it was uh, there was very li- they were trying to coordinate with him in order to be able to get him to safely land because it was obvious that uh, he could not see where he was. And they ended up hitting the mountainside at somewhere around 162 knots, which is the equivalent of 185 miles per hour. And that's uh, why the debris field that they said now is pretty much the size of a football field on the side of that uh, those mountains there. And it is going to uh, it is going to be quite some time before they are able to continue to gather all the necessary pieces and all the necessary information to try and put it all together. But he was there was no distress call. There was simply a conversation uh, that could be heard with the tower saying that you are just you're flying too close to the ground you need to pull up and the fog was continuing to get worse as they were as they were circling for about 12 minutes it was getting harder and harder to see it was also getting harder and harder uh, for them to figure out exactly where they were in the process and that seems to be what investigators are focusing on is that what, what did he know? When did he know uh, the circling effect? What was going on there? He kept uh, trying to raise his elevation, which he did. Uh, it was a steep climb. Uh, it turned south, and it went from 1,200 feet to 2,000 feet. And then just moments later, as he was doing that maneuver, it flew into the mountain at 1,700 feet with it traveling at 161 knots, which is the equivalent of about 185 miles per hour directly into the side of the mountain. So uh, that is where we are at. Outside of that, no distress call, nothing, no mayday call, no fire, no. They don't know if there was any sort of mechanical issue uh, at the time, but there at this point has not been any sort of recording or correspondence with the tower calling uh, calling a stress Uh, any sort of stress situation on on board the helicopter. So that's what we know at this particular point. And uh, they anticipate more and more information as the NTSB continues their investigation on the ground. And we'll bring it to you as soon as we hear. In the meantime, get ready for a football game here on Sunday. Talk about the latest lines. We'll do that next year on The Grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. 
Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. now can you hear me now all right there we go let's try that one more time guys uh want to invite you to uh youtube that'll be great yes youtube uh, minus the mute button uh if you head over to sports grid network you get every bit of sports wagering and fantasy advice that you need all the time we got 18 hours of continuous live program coming your way one of the best ways to do it and never miss uh, any of that information is by hitting that little bell in the upper right-hand corner and subscribe to the Sports Grid Network on YouTube. Also, tell us on Insta at Sports Grid TV. And uh, after the Farmers uh, Open there in uh, in Torrey Pines over the weekend, maybe you're going, you know what, it'd be really cool if I became, I don't know, the next daily fantasy golf legend. Uh, it is possible because the PGA Tour is in full effect here, and we'd love you to go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season because right now, for a limited time, you guys can get free access to DailyRoto's PGA DFS products. Those include fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, all the PGA betting tools, and, of course, the DailyRoto.com fantasy golf optimizer. So don't lay up. Go for the green. Do it with Daily Roto. Head over to DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code GREEN and get access to your free seven-day golf membership today. That is DailyRoto.com. That promo code is GREEN, and that will start your free trial. And remember that DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And uh, LeBron James had uh, broke his uh, silence uh, yesterday uh, with a post that he put on his uh, Instagram uh, page uh, outlining just uh, kind of what he is feeling. We had not heard from LeBron since he broke uh, or passed Kobe's uh, record there, became uh, third all-time in the NBA on the scoring list, passing Kobe Bryant. And uh, outside of uh, some video that we saw from LeBron uh, landing there on Sunday, back in L.A. from Philadelphia and breaking down on the tarmac. We hadn't heard anything, but his first public reaction uh, was in this post. And in that lengthy uh, post, as you can see, he said he was heartbroken and devastated uh, to learn the news that uh, Kobe and, uh, and Gianna had passed away in that helicopter crash. And uh, he said that uh, he has much more to say, but I can't say it right now because I can't get through it. And I literally just heard your voice Sunday morning before I left Philly to head back to L.A. I didn't think for one bit in a million years that would be the last conversation we had. The crash came uh, just the day after uh, LeBron uh, passed uh, Kobe for third place in the NBA's all-time scoring list. And they had just spoke with each other before 
LeBron was taking off uh, from Philadelphia. So LeBron uh, didn't really hear the news until, of course, he uh, he got close to landing in L.A. And that's uh, when he found out. And that's when they heard. And it was um, they they found out why they were on the team plane flying home from uh, from Philadelphia. And uh, you could see, of course, as it landed, as the plane landed, he was visibly shaken. And uh, this was the uh, the first opportunity that uh, fans had a chance to see um, his response. And uh, that's uh, that's what you got. You got the post there yesterday. And again, no game tonight between the Clippers and the Lakers. They have uh, gone ahead and canceled that. They will make the game up and no plans for how they're going to go about and memorialize Kobe just yet. Uh, the Lakers are very cognizant and they want to make sure enough time has passed because they want Vanessa and the family, Kobe's wife, to be very much a part of what is going to be uh, moving forward when it comes to uh, memorializing uh, Kobe Bryant and how they were going to remember him. There's talks about changing the logo. There's talks about in the All-Star game having two teams, uh, two, uh, one team with uh, with the number 24 jerseys, the other team with the number eight jerseys. So there are some uh, preliminary, uh, preliminary talks going on. In all likelihood, the Staples Center will be a uh, a place that they will uh, do some sort of memorial. They, they've done this before in the past with, uh, you know, uh, Nipsey Russell uh, for major L.A. figures um, that pass along. The Staples Center has usually been that uh, that place that uh, folks will gather and, uh, and memorialize those that have passed. And there, I doubt very much that they would hold it any place else other than the Staples Center. But when that happens, uh, that still remains. But for right now, no basketball tonight in the Staples Center as the Lakers uh, can hold off. I don't believe they have a game until Friday. And the Clippers, I believe they have a game on Thursday. Uh, the rest of the NBA was in action uh, last night. Uh, and every game that you saw on the board last night had some sort of uh, memorial going on, moments of silence, uh, teams taking not only uh, the opening tip and taking the eight-second violation, but, of course, the 24-second violation in honor of Kobe all across the games uh, last night, and we did have uh, some amazing basketball games last night, some unbelievable comebacks we uh, something that we have not seen uh, ever in the NBA and anytime you see that you know it had to be absolutely crazy uh, but we'll start with the fact that the Houston Rockets in the late game last night took the court without James Harden took the court without Russell Westbrook pretty much didn't have Clint Capella and the Utah Jazz at home one of the hottest teams in the NBA over the last month and a half Yeah, they were a 14-point home favorite in that game with no Harden and no Westbrook. And then what happens? Well, Eric Gordon goes out there and drops drops almost a 50-burger there and uh, pretty much ruins anybody that was backing the Utah Jazz and laying the 14 points as uh, as the Houston Rockets upend. The Utah Jazz on the road without their two best players, 126 to 117, 14-point road underdogs, plus 800 on the money line last night. And dogs, they were barking last night, guys. Four and two against the number. They had upsets also in Cleveland. Believe it or not, the Detroit Pistons were laying six and a half, seven and a half points 
No idea why, uh, but uh, Cleveland went into Detroit and uh, took care of business there, plus 240 on the money line. Sacramento, what a game this was, guys. What an unbelievable game this was. At one point, the Minnesota Timberwolves were up 25 points in this game, 25 points in this game. They continued to pour it on. At one point, they had set a record. They hit 21 three-pointers in the game. Uh, through three quarters, that being the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. Hit 21 three-pointers. Everything they threw up was going in. Then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter came, and more importantly, the final three minutes of the fourth quarter came. Yes, and this is where you get that whole part of the uh, it's never kind of happened ever, uh, ever, ever, ever before. Yes, uh, you had uh, Luke Walton, who if you guys uh, don't know or have not... um, have not found out. Luke Walton was a uh, teammate of Kobe Bryant's for uh, eight years, and it was certainly a. It's been a rough couple of days uh, for him as well, and his team was just getting a uh, boat race. There's no way around it. Uh, absolutely getting crushed in this game, and all of a sudden, um, in the final three minutes, down 17 points, and we have never ever in the NBA, we have never had a situation where a team was down 17 points with less than three minutes to play, and that team actually come back and win it. And I can't even tell you the sequence of events. It was unbelievable even watching it as it was taking place because it was kind of unbelievable, but maybe only because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. But uh, Buddy Heald, who grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant, was a big part of that comeback as not only did they tie this game as time ran out, they ended up taking it into overtime and winning the game. Heald had 42 points, five boards, and three assists, and he was unbelievably 41-22. to The Kings outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves in the fourth quarter, went on to outscore them in overtime 14-10. to That's 41-22 to in the fourth. They were down by as many as 25 points in this matchup. And you just kind of knew that at that particular point, once it got in, even this, there was a minute and a half left in the game. All the starters for the Timberwolves were pulled. They were up 17 points with less than about two minutes and 48 seconds left to go in the game. They pulled the starters. The starters actually had to come back in to the game there with about a minute 30 left. And uh, the rest of the sequence was just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, he scored, Buddy Hill scored 18 points in the final four minutes and 36 of regulation. 42 points came on 24 shots. See that? 42 points, 24 shots. Kobe, of course, uh, his number. 24. He was 9 of 14 from three-point range. He is just the third player ever to score 40 or more points and make nine or more three-pointers off their bench. He joins J.R. Smith uh, for that category, and also uh, he is just, uh, there was one other guy who was able to uh, power his team through in the final five minutes of a game, shooting 100% in the fourth quarter and scoring uh, at least 20 points, which he did. Yeah, that guy, uh, Buddy Hield, uh, is now, his name is alongside. That would also be Kobe Bryant. So, 
They went on to win that game in unbelievable fashion. And if you took the Sacramento Kings and you went to bed because you thought you lost, you didn't lose. You won on the money line, plus 125. More from the NBA. It, it, it got crazier. Talk about it next year on The Grid. Sportsgrid.com. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, so we've got uh, eight NBA games tonight, 22 college basketball games, two NHL games on the slate, and uh, a couple of these NBA games uh, seem to be getting uh, a lot of attention, at least early action. Uh, We'll go ahead and uh, give you those games here, but as we uh, wrap up the night on the court last night in the NBA, it was uh, nothing short of amazing, the Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves game as Sacramento uh, came back for the first time it's ever happened in the NBA, a team down 17 points with less than three minutes to go and uh, came back and won that game. And it's all thanks to uh, Buddy Hield, who scored uh, 42 points on 24 shots, no less, and uh, was just absolutely amazing, including a fourth-quarter comeback that was Unlike anything we've seen, Carl Anthony Towns and company, these guys, Robert Covington, all of them had to come back into the game uh, with uh, with about a minute and a half left because they uh, th- that 17 point lead evaporated uh, rather quickly. Uh, crazy stuff. We told you, of course, Eric Gordon dropping a 50 burger last night on the Utah Jazz on the road is Houston. No Harden, no Westbrook, no Capella. But they did have Eric Gordon. He drops 50, and the Jazz get crushed at home. Uh, 126-117. They were 14-point dogs in that one, uh, that being the uh, the Chicago Bulls. Crazy stuff. Uh, the Miami Heat took care of the uh, Orlando Magic. Heat were a six-point favorite, and uh, clearly uh, were the better team there. Not a problem. Uh, took them down 113-92. to The Heat were on a... Uh, uh, this was their first game uh, back since uh, losing to the Los Angeles Clippers on home on Friday night. Uh, the Magic were on the uh, back end of a uh, back-to-back there. Uh, they now move on. Uh, they'll next game, I believe, is Thursday night in Orlando. And the uh, Thunder, uh, one of the hottest and most profitable teams in the NBA, the uh, the OKC Thunder, learned last minute Chris Paul would not be playing. Steven Adams uh, back healthy, but they were welcoming in the Mavericks. What was a one-point game when Chris Paul went out uh, suddenly shot up to uh, close to five and a half, six uh, by the time uh, the tip-off happened as uh, Luka Doncic uh, had 29 points, 11 boards, five assists as the Mavericks as a six, six and a half point favorite had no problem covering by double digits, 107-97 last night. They take care of business and of course the, uh, the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls did a great job of uh, taking care of the Spurs last night by one point. That's right. The Spurs had no LaMarcus Aldrich. 
Uh, the Bulls were a uh, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Those of you that took the Spurs as a one-and-a-half-point dog, congratulations here uh, this morning. You uh, you profited last night as a one-point loss is a cover. And uh, the overs last night were four-and-two. And uh, just to give you, again, some perspective on that uh, Kings and Timberwolves games, anything, anytime you have an NBA situation, which was 0 for 8,378, that's how many times teams have gone into the, uh, the final three minutes of a game down by at least 17 points or more. Yep. And then win. Yeah, it's never. Ha- 0 for 8,378. If you are a betting man, there is a good chance. You would have bet one way and one way only last night. And, uh, yeah, it it happened. It happened. It'll be another 8,378 times before that uh, that goes on. And, of course, I was the only one who was live betting the other way in that game, although I don't think I was alone because I thought, too, that the game was no way it could be over, that this was going to be a double-digit Clearing uh, clearing game for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who just uh, everything they threw up. I mean, 21 three-pointers, like, come on. Uh, yeah, no, wasn't to be, so uh, congratulations. Uh, in college, uh, it was a light card last night, but we did have a couple of uh, big matchups. One in the ACC with North Carolina State at home taking on North Carolina. The other in Iowa, Big Ten matchup, Wisconsin traveling to uh, Iowa to try and take uh, take down the red-hot Iowa Hawkeyes. And, uh, well, number 18, Iowa, they came, uh, what a second half they had, uh, went into halftime uh, trailing by uh, by six, and they did, uh, they did a great job of coming back and actually beating Wisconsin in the second half, who just melted down there in the final couple of minutes. Wisconsin could not get the job done. Iowa did not cover, though. They were a six-and-a-half-point home favorite when it closed. Uh, 68-62. That's right, 68-62. Kind of a, uh, if you had uh, Wisconsin, congratulations. If you had Iowa, uh, yes, that's six points. And the final two points came off of a ridiculous foul at the end of the game with .2 seconds left. There was no way, no reason to foul, but they did it. And of course, uh, congratulations! It ended up uh, costing. Uh, it ended up costing a couple of betters last night. Uh, Kansas was the other game. Kansas took care of uh, Oklahoma State rather easily, sixty-five to fifty. They covered as a seven and a half point road favorite. The under was one thirty-five in that game, and the under was a very profitable bet last night. And uh, Oklahoma State got boat raced uh, to start the second half, fifteen to four. Kansas got out in front and never looked back. And congratulations, uh, North Carolina has now put back-to-back wins together. This one on the road against uh, NC State, who has now looked uh, absolutely terrible in back-to-back games, back-to-back losses uh, for NC State. Not a good situation there. Uh, They are uh, furious, lose to Georgia Tech in embarrassing fashion at home over the weekend. And now again at home against a North Carolina team that if you're ever going to beat them, this would have been it. But uh, that did not happen. North Carolina improves to uh, 10 and 10 on the season. They win 75-65 at NC State as the Wolfpack uh, are licking their wounds right now, trying to figure out where it all went wrong. And like we told you, a big card uh, tonight, not only in 
college hoops, but the NBA with eight games and a couple of those games absolutely getting some uh, some movement and some early some early betting numbers, uh, shall I say. The New York Knicks uh, are at the Charlotte Hornets. And while this is not a game, I'm thinking the public is going to spend an awful lot of time watching tonight. I can tell you these two bottom feeders, um, somebody uh, somebody handicapping these games uh, seems to think that there is definitely an edge to be had here. The Knicks coming off of a uh, 110-97 win against the Nets on Sunday, uh, covering his two-and-a-half-point favorite. Charlotte is, uh lost eight straight. They're an absolute mess. The line opens up with the Hornets as a one-and-a-half-point home favorites, which is also good, one-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, but these two teams now, all of a sudden, uh, somebody's betting the Hornets and betting them big, apparently, because the Charlotte line has been pushed up to uh, from one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half. They do have a big rest advantage. Uh, the Knicks played on Sunday. The Hornets haven't played since Friday when they uh, when they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, one sixteen to one hundred three. So Charlotte seems to be an an early morning favorite bet of the uh, of the pros who are backing them. New Orleans and uh, the Zion train rolling into game number four, one twenty three one hundred eight over the Celtics on Sunday. They covered as a one and a half point favorite. Uh, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who we told you last night, boat raced the uh, the Detroit Pistons on the road. Cleveland is home uh, now on the uh, the second game of a back-to-back. They welcome in Zion and company. And I can tell you, early money has been hammering the Pelicans. Uh, it is now opened up at a seven. It is now eight across the market here. So definitely some money coming in on the New Orleans Pelicans here today. And the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Denver Nuggets will be traveling to Memphis to take on the uh, the Grizzlies. They've been one of the real good feel-good stories of the year. John Morant and company really putting it together. Their future is bright for Memphis. And, uh, yeah, you can tell that uh, they are certainly getting a little bit of love. The line opened up with Memphis as a one-point favorite. But that didn't last long because now it is one-point Denver favorite. So, uh, they seem to be fading Memphis, backing the Denver Nuggets in this. Denver certainly uh, also on a bit of a roll. The total also seems to be getting hit. The under uh, going from 226 and a half to 225 in the early betting action this morning. So those three games seem to be getting the most love. And uh, those three games seem to be having at least pointing in the direction of uh, the Charlotte Hornets the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Denver Nuggets, for those of you that are following. So uh, keep an eye on that. And do, of course, want to remind you, and it is a good reminder as well, that, and we talked about this when it comes to basketball yesterday, and it's a good reminder for gambling you. I just gave you three games tonight in the NBA that the early line action, the early line movement, indicates that there is certainly one team that is being favored or the other. Now, understanding that at 7 o'clock in the morning, line movements like this aren't generally coming because the betting public is up and running to the window going, ooh, give me the Charlotte Hornets. Not happening. However, and I've said this, and it was on full display yesterday, too, It is important to watch, and the biggest market movers 
the importance to you as a better to try to figure out who is the public betting and who are the pros betting. While this is a good indicator, it doesn't tell the full story because the limits will be the highest they are during the day an hour before tip-off. So it is important for you, and a lot of people always ask, when should I bet? You know, when should I bet? Well, with the NBA, the longer you hold off, maybe the better if you are not going to spend hours dissecting and going into games. And the reason I say this is because if you had taken OKC last night with the assumption that Chris Paul was going to play, and then all of a sudden Chris Paul's not playing, and that line changed almost four and a half, five points, would you still have bet OKC? So you could tell within the final hour, just before tip-off of those games, you could see the market movement on those games indicating where the money was going. So a real great indicator in the NBA. Okay, two things you got to watch for. Early morning movement, great. It tells me that something's going on. This is maybe a good starting point. Let me dive into the Charlotte game. Let me dive into the Denver-Memphis game. Let me see why it is that the line is moving the way it is because we know in all likelihood it's it's pro money. It's not public money throughout the day. Who's playing? Who's not playing? Welcome to the NBA in 2020. Who's on the injured list? Who's not? Should I be placing bets on a team where I don't know if James Harden or Russell Westbrook and Harden was a late scratch yesterday in that Houston game? No. Let me gather as much information and then, oh, yeah, let me see what happens that final hour before tip-off. Let me monitor where the market is moving then because I know the limits are the highest and that if I do see any significant movement in the line, there's a good chance it's coming from professional money and professional bettors. And nobody is asking you to be a pro overnight. If you are a recreational better and you just like to get your uh, – you like to get your bet on, uh, then it doesn't really, don't overthink the room, guys. Follow the money. Follow the market. Follow the money. Where does it start? Who's playing? Who's not playing? And then what is that last final hour? What does that tell me about uh, where the pros are pushing and who they think is the best side of the game? Do that, and there's a good chance you'll be very profitable in the NBA tonight. Check it out. I gave you three games. Check out the rest and then monitor throughout the day. See what happens to the markets. See how it all ends up. And don't worry, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll break it all down for you. We'll count your money with you. Also, make it rain next. Dive into the Super Bowl. We'll get you ready. Prop bets and all. Coming up here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Good luck tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow for you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy football frenzy. If you look at the career stats, like obviously some guys played more than other guys. If you do it by averages and you average everything out, you could get a more clear picture. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you numbers. One minute. And you got to tell me which guy it is. I'm going to give you numbers. And you're going to say, hey, and we're going to figure out if these guys deserve to be Hall of Famers or not. You do know there's an old saying, right? Lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> Weekdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on the Sports Grid Network.
I slept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go! Kobe had made the decision uh, years ago that he was trying very hard to balance his basketball playing, his working out, his his everything on the court with his family life. And the one thing uh, that he did not want to do was waste time in traffic uh, away from his family while he was having to go and do things like play games and go and work out and have to go to the Staples Center and, uh, and travel. Uh, he very much wanted the ability to avoid all of that. And he, uh, his concept was the more time that I spend in a car, the more time that I spend in traffic is less time that I'm spending uh, with my girls and with my family. And that meant very, very much to him. So uh, Alex Rodriguez, and in, uh, in fact, had uh, made the comment that he told him there, it was just, it was an easy decision that uh, the helicopter got him where he needed to be in 15 minutes. And uh, also more importantly, back home with his family in 15 minutes. And that is, uh, that is exactly um, what he wanted more than anything else. He wanted uh, to focus on family time when he wasn't playing and, of course, with L.A. traffic and California traffic, that he would have spent uh, hours on the road, unfortunately, and not home. And that's not what he wanted to do. It meant that much to him. He also, we learned today, made a pact um, with his wife, Vanessa. And that pact was that he and her were to never travel together on the helicopter. That they would never simultaneously at the same time be on the, uh, on the helicopter together. Now, obviously, the wisdom in that decision uh, meant that she wasn't involved in this uh, in this horrific crash on Sunday, and uh, Kobe uh, had uh, had made it known, in fact, that that was the agreement with uh, with Vanessa that when he was on there, she wasn't, and vice versa. That if she had to take it anywhere, um, that uh, that he would not be on it. So he did not want her traveling the both of them together on a helicopter, and uh, the wisdom in that, of course, uh, proving to be why she was not in that accident so uh more and more of course on the flight path now too which is coming into question while many of us are trying to make heads or tails of what was going on that day we did learn a little bit about the uh about how it all started on such a foggy day and and we know we uh we, you've heard the stories about how the local authorities had made it very clear that uh, they were grounding their uh, air personnel, uh, because of the unbelievable fog that was in the area, the dense fog, they didn't want anybody up in the air. And we're trying to figure out, well, how